if you can get someone in your life who loves you to help you hack yourself, to get, like, I care about my health. I love my health. I want to have the idea to live in a healthy way for a long time. Get somebody to help you get that kernel, that little nugget of identity, mm. of ego that is health hacking. And that will grow. You'll start to see little things in your environment all over the place that will start to corroborate and bolster this feeling of this identity of I care about my health, I love myself, and all that good stuff. Welcome to the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. In this episode, we sit down with Casey Fenton for part two. In the first episode, we discussed ego hacking, so please make sure to check out that episode. But this episode is focused on biohacking and life extension. So if you're interested in health, this is an amazing episode, so stay tuned. Hey, Hacker. Sorry to interrupt this great podcast. It's David Smook, founder and CEO of Hacker Noon, and we're raising money for the first time, and we're doing it from the people. If you want to buy shares in Hacker Noon, visit HackerNoonShares.com. Help us make the best place for tech professionals to publish. So I want to jump into another topic that I know you're also really interested in, mm-hmm. and that's biohacking. Yeah. So you've done quite a bit of research mm-hmm. on uh, you know, how to live longer, how to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and you've actually hacked your own body to be able to feel more youthful, have more energy and feel better yourself. Can you, can you kind of like maybe start with why you got into this and, and you know, what you're doing to improve your life? Absolutely. So, I mean, I grew up and my mother's a naturopathic doctor. So I kind of was around the idea of vitamins and supplements and, you know, you can improve your health and, and doing such in doing so in a way that's like not necessarily Western medicine, but maybe mm-hmm. you know some other other ways, right? So that was kind of it's been on my mind, but I'm very science based. Like yeah. I just am super super has to have causally connected, and that must make sense. And it must there must be research that backs this up, and and if not, then I it must be very clear I'm making a jump here or something like that. So I want to in this talk I want to be pretty clear on that stuff too. Um, but I first got into it because my father almost died. Uh, my father had stage four cancer, throat cancer. Almost, almost died, uh, had chemo and radiation, all that stuff. So, so uh, in that, I started to study cancer, how mm-hmm. does cancer work? And it's funny because cancer and the, 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 the science around cancer and the science around age extension and longevity, it's very similar. Uh, you have cells, you want them to be behaving well, mm-hmm. you want them to live a long time, you don't want them to oxidize and die, you don't want them to mutate and go, go rogue, uh, things like this, right? So. That's what really got me into it. I said, oh my God, there is so much here that I can see that the age extension longevity centers that you go pay you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to, this stuff is actually available to anyone and it does, and it does work. So, um, and it, you know, it's, been, it's a matter of time before we're gonna start to really see that. Now, I'm 40 years old today, you know, I just turned 40 a few months ago and I've been doing some tests uh, you can test your telomeres, the length of your telomeres. We'll get into that in a second, what that is. Yeah. But I was a couple of years ago, I was the average age of about a 27-year-old person. And now I'm a 24-year-old person. Yeah. And you're actually 40. And I'm actually 40. Yeah. I was born 40 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's <laughs> biological age at stake here. There's general health. So there's a, there's a bunch of different things. 
Yeah. Can you explain what a telomere is if someone hasn't heard of that before? Sure, sure, absolutely. There, there's a great book called The Telomere Effect just came out a couple of years ago. Highly recommend that book. Um, and it will, will, will basically explain it. I'll do it, I'll, I'll do it in a very, very simple way. Um, in, in your cell, mm-hmm. in every cell, there's some DNA, right? And the DNA is constantly used by the cell to do different functions like, you know, it's, it's code. You're running this code and it does, you know, creates proteins or it does whatever it does. Um, but, and so in running that code, it has to split it apart and bring it back together, split it apart, bring it back together. But how does it know where to put it back together? Mm-hmm. It's the ends of the DNA that have these capsids, these base pairs of, of um, repeating sequences that, uh, you know, help line it up. But it turns out it does another thing too. The, the longer that little capsid that ends of the shoelace ends of your DNA, the longer it is, that means you're younger. If it's shorter, it means you're older. And it's your cell's way of keeping track of how old it is in relation to all the cells that came before it. So imagine you're making a copy of your face on a copy machine. Mm-hmm. You make a copy, it looks all right. You make a copy of that copy. Yeah. It looks okay, but it's getting worse, right? Yeah. And after some time, you're going to get shittier copies, Yeah. right? <laughs> so you can only go so far before you get to copy mutation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same thing that happens in cells. You make a copy of the cell, make a copy of that cell, and a copy of that cell. You're going to have, eventually, you go out far enough, you're going to start to have mutations that can lead to cancer. Mm-hmm. So your body wants to protect against this. It wants to say, well, let's, let's say we only have about 60 copies to make. Well, so the first 30 copies, let's call that, let's call that uh, procreation stage. We want to get out there, we want to look really youthful, and we want to have, have kids, yeah. and we want to procreate. <laughs> but then right when you're about 32 years old, what I switches, am now. <laughs> switches, and then all of a sudden you start noticing gray hairs, and it's what's happening is your cells are saying, let's optimize for longevity. Yeah. So it would be like, okay, this cell died over there. I could, as a cell next to that little empty space, I could say, well, there's some space over there. Should I copy? Should I copy myself, mitosis, make a mm-hmm. copy, and another cell would go over there, and that will fill in that space. But I'm actually past that middle stage there, so I'm not optimizing for longevity. I'm going to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wrinkles. That's how it works. So you could, and and there's something that regulates this. It's in the cell. It's called telomeres. The shorter your your DNA capsids get, those shoelace ends, every time you make a copy, it's like a fuse. It snips off some. Snip, snip, snip. So what are you doing or taking or what is actually helping you to kind of biohack this? So first of all, I have to create a feedback loop on, well, where are my telomeres? Mm-hmm. So that's important. Yeah. So I mean, you can do that every few years. You can try to see where, you know, there's some tests out there. I use SpectraCell. There's other ones that I've heard are even better. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't researched. But it's important to whatever one you use, you kind of want to keep maybe using the same one so that you can compare more easily. Get the baseline. Data, get, yeah. Yes, exactly. So that's one feedback loop you can do. But ar- I would say arguably what's most important is um, is really making sure that your micronutrients are in good shape. So that's making sure that you have all the vitamins you need. I have a list I can share it with you after the show of... Uh, I'd be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. We, could we could post that or whatever. Post that, yeah. yeah. Some of them are simple, like a lot of people are vitamin D deficient. A lot of people are magnesium deficient, like 90% of magnesium deficiency in the US apparently. Like, drinking coffee, all these things, yeah. deplete magnesium. And then the doses that are recommended by most MDs are like criminally low and Could the be. research is mm-hmm. often outdated. Yeah. and. 
And then they also need co-supplements. So like yeah. if you're taking vitamin D, for example, you should also take K2 because yeah. K2 helps the absorption rate right. of the D3. Yep. And if you're taking a high level of D3 and you're not taking K2, then you're not absorbing it. Right. So, so there's all of these weird things out there, yeah. right? So then how does the average person deal with this now? Mm -hmm. um, I would argue that the average person can just do a couple of things and get 80% of the benefit. Let's say you get a good multivitamin, yeah. and then I would say that also on top of the good multivitamin, you want to take glutathione. So glutathione is top antioxidant. Yeah. Uh, it recycles vitamin C and E 20,000 times or so. Mm -hmm. So the way we remove um, oxidation or free radicals from our body is kind of like a conveyor belt, where in the core, it's like we got to grab onto them, and then we got to take them out, maybe take them through the liver, we got to get rid of them. But and there's also the precursor NAC where you can actually mm -hmm. take the NAC, which yep. is a precursor to yep. glutathione. Yeah. And then that gives your body the ability to produce more on its own. But yeah. then you can also take the liposomal form of glutathione itself and yeah. bypass that whole process. So there's, again, <laughs> so for most folks at home, they're like, oh my God, this is so crazy. What the hell? Yeah. I don't have time for this. So again, like you can just take a multivitamin, <laughs> get some glutathione or some NAC. Yeah. It's on Amazon. You right. don't have get to. Get it on Amazon. <laughs> but like the number one thing you could do for yourself is just take the glutathione every day or the yeah. NAC. Take it every day plus the multi and you're going to mm -hmm. have 80% of the value. Um, if you really want to hack it. And, and that'll at least kind of pause your aging. Yeah. Dramatically. Like seriously pause your aging. And it so helps it, with detoxification and like just. Yep. Hey, oh, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software, or a great team. Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us stories at hackernoon.com and a real human will review your submission. So you got two problems in aging. One is your cells oxidize, they die, and then you have to make a copy. Yeah. That's not good. So every time you have to make a copy, you're, get, you're going through your 60 copies on average, mm -hmm. different parts of your body are different numbers. But once you get closer, once you're getting past the, the 30, somewhere in the middle, your body's like, let's optimize for longevity. So I'm going to make fewer copies and I'm going to be older. I'm literally going to be older. Things are just not going to work as well. The mm -hmm. more copies you get, so you don't want that. But then there's a, an additional factor that multiplies it even more. And now this is where we're getting, I'll, 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 this part is known. And also be careful about which, very clear about what part I'm adding here. Okay. Um, so it's very well known that uh, if you have cortisol in your blood, if you're stressed and you have chronic stress, that can lead to aging. And how does that work? It works by, remember back to the, 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 the capsid, the, the telomeres. If you have cortisol in your blood and you're stressed all the time, instead of it just snipping off like maybe a little bit, it snips off a big chunk. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this person, and here's where I'm going to add a little bit. This, this, this is my theory. Um, just like in cells, there's this thing called apoptosis. It's called cellular suicide. A cellular cell is like, I'm not doing well. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to get rid of myself. I'm going to mark myself for deletion, basically. And then, you know, then white blood cells come by and eat it up and see you later. Uh, that's a good cooperative strategy for your body surviving. Yeah, it's good if they don't, hey, I'm not doing so well. Get rid of myself and make more room for other cells that are doing better. I think the same thing happens at, uh, and that's, that's very well, that's very well documented, that's, that's known in the world. But I think the same thing happens at the human level or at the tribal level. So if some, and I think it happens through cortisol. So if your cortisol, if you're stressed out all the time, imagine you're you know, back at the hunter gatherer days or whatever, and you're not doing well, 
for whatever reason, mm-hmm. your cortisol is going to be higher. It's going to be an indicator that things aren't going well. Yeah. So what happens? Well, we're going to um, make you age faster. We're going to make you age faster, and then you're going to have diseases, and you'll die. Mm-hmm. And that will give space for the and people. Diseases. That... If you also get a disease, that also can increase your cortisol levels as well, because totally. then your body stays in a constant state of Absolutely. stress. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically, if things aren't good and they're stressed, yeah. let's cut off the telomeres faster, and basically make you age faster. If you get, then you die. And it makes room for the people that were chilling and not having uh, the cortisol stress. And what strategies have you used to reduce cortisol? I'm still learning, um, but there's you know stress stress management. I mean, mm-hmm. try not to let the stress really get to you. Try not to, to you know. There's a million ways you can do that. Okay, it could be meditation. You could even I think there's um, Relora is one thing I've read about. Uh, it helps re- uh, reduce the cortisol levels in your blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bunch of ways. I mean, you could go and read books on stress reduction. And it's, but if you have have a little bit of stress that goes up and down, that's good. That's good. That creates resilience. Yeah. But if it's a chronic stress, that will kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if like just being around other people, like I think maybe it's the serotonin, there's the oxytocin, all that stuff, that says to your body things are good. Yeah. They, I think they just they heard, heard isolation. Said, yeah. Is... Isolation is number one killer, even more than cigarettes. Apparently. Exactly. I've talked about this recently. I just read there's it. a there's a lot of data to suggest that isolation is probably one of the worst things for yeah. you. Yeah. But it is interesting. And human touch also has a there's also a, there there's a huge correlation there yeah. as well. I think um, so. Yeah. So and, and I mean this even you know this is this isn't new information mm-hmm. like you know babies that don't get touched by their parents don't do as well. Right. Like we knew. We've known that for a very long time. Right. This is not new information. So yeah. the same thing is true of the elderly. The same thing is true mm-hmm. of, you know, every range of population, like human beings, mm-hmm. just like your dog or your cat, they like to be pet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what yeah. it comes down to. So if you, want to, if you want to live a long time, be around other people, reduce your cortisol, yeah. make sure that you're getting enough of the micronutrients that you need. Like you can do micronutrient tests. Uh, that, that test what's in your mm-hmm. cells, not in your serum, not in your blood, but what's in the cell, what's dissolved in. So you, you do these things, reduce the cortisol, have physical touch with other people or emotional connection or whatever it is, and uh, that will all at least pause your aging, or in my case, I believe, my, your, what they're just learning the last couple of years, they didn't think it was possible, but your telomeres can actually grow. They can actually okay. grow. Interesting. Yeah, that's why when I tested a few years ago, theoretically, I mean, I'm gonna get to test again, we'll see. Uh, but it's like fascinating. Is that really happening? After all the things I read, mm-hmm. and I really just started doing all of these things and really testing, getting feedback loops on my micronutrients every it's, year. Test on thirty different micronutrients. It's kind of like how, like when I was younger, like you know, the going theory was nerves can't regenerate. Right now, in twenty eighteen, it's like, of course, we have neurogenesis and nerves regenerate. We'd probably die if they didn't. <laughs> um, so you know, it's. There, there's definitely you know phases as we learn more scientifically to be able to understand some of these things. So that's fascinating that yeah. these things can actually potentially grow. Yeah. So you can actually measure you know directly what's yeah. happening and how that correlates to your yeah. aging and how you feel. Yeah. Absolutely. So like it's it's really blowing my mind. The the really good micronutrient tests that you can get where you can really mm-hmm. see where am I am I in the deficient range? Am I in you know spectrocell is I think a pretty good one or that one's worked well for me. Uh, there are others. Um, it's like three hundred, four hundred dollars. Something. Like I would that. argue probably GI health is probably Absolutely. also critical to this. Super so that's where you get into diet and mm-hmm. diet modification mm-hmm. and those kinds yeah. of things. Because 
if you're not getting yeah. if you're not eating the right micronutrients and if your digestive system and your digestive lining aren't yeah. functioning properly yeah. and you've got you know there's some controversy about leaky gut but whatever um if you've got leaky gut if your intestinal lining is compromised or there's something going on there right. then your ability to absorb micronutrients and bring right. them into your cells isn't functioning properly so and then you could get tricked because you go to your doctor you know go to whatever your doctor is and you're like mm -hmm. hey test my whatever all they do is they test your serum that may work for some vitamins but most yeah. not you want to test what is dissolved into your cells so the spectra cell the way they do their test is they basically take 10,000 of your lymphocytes put them in a bath of acid and see how far they go. And okay. then they'll do the same thing in a bath of acid, but with also all the micronutrients. And they'll see how far that goes, how many copies it can make. Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, okay, we'll do the same thing, bath of acid with the micronutrients, but this time we're gonna remove D and see how far they can copy. So then you can start to control for how much, how many copies could be made and compared to the national average mm -hmm. uh, or natural uh, graph of, the, the, of everyone in the country. And so personally for you, what have you noticed from doing all of this? So many things. Like there are things that in my health or things on like, you know, my joints or my knee or something. I have a messed up knee or um, things in my skin. Like because I'm vegetarian, I've been vegetarian my whole life. If I drank too much coffee, it seemed like I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite correlate it. But it was like if, maybe if I was drinking too much coffee or something, my lips would get really like dry and painful. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... I started to figure out, oh, it's vitamin C and E. And I was really low on those. Yeah. And then once I started figuring out the things that I was low on, I was like three or four things I was and low coffee's on. Coffee's a diuretic. Diuretic, yeah. so it was just flushing your system every time you're drinking coffee. Yeah. And then if you had vitamin deficiencies, that makes it 10 times Totally. Much. Or vitamin, <laughs> vitamin B, I just, I wasn't, I, I didn't know because of being vegetarian, it's B12 is a common one, mm -hmm. you can be deficient in. And then I would feel like little weird pins and needles, like sometimes. It was like when I was traveling a lot, not getting enough sleep, like all this yeah. stuff. And, and then, it matters how you get your B12 too. Totally. Like I, I personally use the sublingual mm -hmm. because it goes straight into the bloodstream. Yeah. You bypass the digestive yes, system. Yes. Whereas if you consume it, then yeah. it has to get processed by the liver and yeah. it has to go through this whole process. And then most of it gets excreted yeah. and you get no benefit. Right. So yeah. most of the time when you can do like a tincture or anything that gets something directly into your bloodstream, right. that's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's so many, there's so much to learn here. Um, a great book is the gut back, the gut brain continuum or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, that helps you understand like that your gut is really a big brain. Like mm -hmm. what 80, 90% of the serotonin in the body is actually in your gut. Yeah. That's why probably if people, when you, you hear about people taking psilocybin or something like that and they get all like weird in their gut, it's because their gut is actually tripping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're actually, it's all like weird feeling because you're, you're probably hallucinating in your gut. Literally. Well, and if you think about what the brain actually is and what the gut actually is, it's mm -hmm. just fatty, soft tissues. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're literally made up and composed of the same things. Yeah. So, and then there is a brain gut connection. So they're, they're communicating yeah. on a regular basis. It's like the biggest superhighway of nerves is vagus, vagus nerve, vagus nerve, something yeah. like that. And that's the brain and the gut talking and yeah. doing big data correlation on you eat this thing, if things didn't feel good, don't eat it anymore. Or yeah. thing, you eat this thing, your B12 went up, so therefore crave it. Heyo, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software, a great team. Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us, stories at hackernoon.com, and a real human will review your submission.
and inflammation is also a major component of this. So you can eat foods that actually fight inflammation. Yeah. And then you can eat foods that actually cause inflammation. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I would argue that actually one of the number one causes of depression in the like, you know, what, so if you're from a health standpoint, not necessarily a psychological standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, but physically is inflammation mm -hmm. causes depression. If your brain yeah. is inflamed, yeah. you will experience the mm -hmm. sensation of depression. Absolutely. Um, without any other variables necessarily right. um so In inflammation it causes uh i think gaining weight yes what i keep hearing and a lot more research seems to be showing up around this is that a lot of weight gain has to do with the wrong bacteria getting fed mm -hmm. in your gut the wrong bacteria when it, they, they're fed they produce toxins yep. toxins in your body make your body want to protect it and you want to how do you how does your body protect the organs in your body well you put on fat Fat buffers. It's an insulator. It's an insulator of acid. Yeah. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the gut flora as well because, yeah. uh, from my own research, like gut flora has such an impact Ooh. on overall health yeah. and the immune system. It's like so. absolutely critical. And the problem is, is like we live in this world of antibiotics, mm -hmm. where like if you do eat meat, like most of the meat has been, most of the animals have been exposed to antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So you're actually consuming antibiotics. Yep. when you're consuming those meat yep. products. Yep. Um, so that has a direct impact on your gut flora. Did you see the study that just came out? They said in Canada, those children who were running around on the floor where they use antibiotic sprays, mm -hmm. they were, it was killing some of their good flora. Yep. So you basically have a situation where the good flora get killed, the bad stuff that creates um, inflammation and, and then it causes, therefore causes you to put on weight. That stuff is allowed to bloom. Yep. It's not kept in check. So antibacterial stuff is, is, it's a mixed bag. It is. I mean, when I was four years old, I got pretty sick and they dosed me with broad spectrum antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And here I am th at 32 and I'm still figuring things out because yeah. repopulating that gut flora mm -hmm. and like trying to keep it in balance, like mm -hmm. the number of supplements and things that I have to do to keep it balanced yeah. is crazy. Right. Because naturally my body's ability to be yeah. able to do that was compromised at an early age. We run away really, really good friends. Uh, this person, I was, you know, a gut of steel forever. Mm -hmm. And then a few years ago, suddenly it was like, everything was totally messed up. Yeah. Couldn't figure out what was going on. So many tests, so many different scopes and da, 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 da. Finally, after seeing just the right specialist figured out, you have a bloom of something bad yeah. in your upper digestive tract. And here's a particular antibiotic to kill that thing, all back to normal. Yeah. But that was like years of suffering. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the other issue that can happen is also candida, yeah. um, which is a right. fungus. So if the good bacteria is removed because of antibiotics, then it allows fungal infections to be, potentially be able to mm. move into the digestive system right. and cause candida, which causes all kinds of rashes and skin conditions and mm -hmm. even affects mental capacity. And, mm -hmm. and then if you try to kill it, it releases toxins and it's basically like getting a hangover. So right horrible thing to go through. Yeah. Um, so there's all these different factors, you yeah. know, when it comes to, you know, the digestive system, the gut flora, you know, are you absorbing your macronutrients? Like, mm -hmm. and all of these factors overall lead to your, your greater health. Yeah. One thing I've, I've seen, like when you're reading the China study, one thing that kind of stood out to me was because they said, if you like humans are built pretty solidly, like yeah. we've had years of, drinking, you know, contaminated water and wherever, yeah. uh, 
you know, millions of years, let's say. So we are so resilient when it comes to um, uh, just having toxins in our environment. I think we're, it seems like we're pretty resilient, but we just got to get enough water. Yeah. Simply water, enough water. Once I learned that, I just started drinking so much water per day. Uh, not, you know, not too much, but um, micronutrient water too, I think is a good thing. Yeah, I was going to say there's different yeah. things you can play with with water as well right. as how the water is distilled. Um, you know, now they've got uh, water that's, you know, more alkaline. You mm -hmm. can play with alkalization. Mm -hmm. um, you can also play with, uh, you know, uh, ionization as mm -hmm. well. Is mm -hmm. it positively or negatively charged? Um, mm -hmm. And then also adding other, uh, yeah. you know, minerals to the water and that right. kind of thing yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of water just is mineral free or doesn't have a great balance of like the minerals that, we're, that we grew up or, or our genes grew up millions of years ago drinking. Yeah. Um, and I can guarantee you a million years ago, they weren't putting fluoride in the water and no, all these toxins no, no. and Except if we were in India and maybe in, <laughs> in New Mexico where they had fluoride in the water, just naturally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. But those populations didn't yeah. live very long. Native American, sorry, not Indian, no, yeah. Indian. Native Americans, apologize. Um, so there's one other thing I wanted to bring up and that is pH balancing. Mm -hmm. And this is a big, highly contested thing yeah. on the internet, I think. And some people are like, okay, you can drink some pH increased water. You can drink alkaline water. That could be good mm -hmm. for you. Uh, then some people are like, that's crazy. You just breathe more. Uh, you know, it's, you're, yeah. you're breathing, it's breathing that is exhaling carbon dioxide. And that is uh, what it removes the acidity from your body. Just breathe. So, you know, exercising helps you exhale and that's good. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a couple in my research and I still can't figure out. So if anybody out there has a better idea for me, I would love to hear it. Uh, and that is that... You know, you hear about eating, eating alkaline. It's like, you know, if, if you have a potassium, it's lemon water, so it has potassium in it, and that helps you balance your pH better. Uh, mm -hmm. There's all of these minerals that can help you balance your pH better. I've noticed my, my pH balances with micronutrients a lot better, um, a lot faster, like if you're doing pH testing. Um, but I think that the, the whole just breathe more makes sense to a degree, but you're still sitting there with acidity Bef until you've breathed breathe yeah. more, you know, until you've had enough breath to, you know, when you have acid reflux, maybe, or I've seen, and I've, I've had conversations with a couple doctors about this mm -hmm. and I, like, I've done my own research on it as well. And it's, it's mixed because so mixed. you might need acidity. Yep. Uh, so certain, uh, you know, certain, especially in women, certain organs, you know, the bladder, mm -hmm. having a level of acidity to potentially kill off bad pathogens sure. is, potentially a good thing. Whereas mm -hmm. if you go to alkaline mm -hmm. and then there could be an environment that, that could lead to the wrong gut flora or the wrong yeah. bacteria to be able to flourish yeah. in a more alkaline environment. At the same time though, alkaline environments can also kill sure. other types of bacteria. So yeah. it's this like, it's this weird balance yeah. of, it's like, I, so I would yeah. distinguish it between, are you getting your hydrogen ions, your, your pH, uh, your alkalinity, which is just hydrogen ions. Are you getting that from the breathing? Mm -hmm. Are you exhaling them from the breathing um, or, or sorry, are, are you creating those from the breathing, exhaling the acidity um, or are you getting it directly? So I, you could say that alkaline water is like getting it directly. You're getting hydrogen ions put into your body directly versus I'm taking something that has the right potassium that helps balance electrolytes better and the better balanced electrolytes allows me to more efficiently get those, get the, get the acidity to be breathed out and then balance. So there's like a direct balancing and there's mm -hmm. a indirect balancing. And that part is never talked about. Online. There's also an inflammation component as well. So alkalinity 
can actually fight inflammation. There was a recent research study that said uh, actually using baking soda, which is highly alkaline, mm -hmm. you add it to water and it's actually just as effective, if not more effective than ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. um, so most people probably Absolutely. are taking ibuprofen, which can is actually really bad for the liver. It can actually degrade like the it's intestinal like lining. Ibuprofen is a band-aid. You're not, if you're still acidic and then you take ibuprofen to stop the inflammation, that's just kind of stopping a symptom. Correct. And that's good, but you're still acidic. So Whereas, you're still having other problems. If you were to go drink a little bit of baking soda and mm -hmm. some water and add yeah. a little bit of lemon and drink that down, you'll get the same or better inflammation yep. address response and actually solve the root of the issue. Potentially. So the number one thing that when me doing the pH testing, you do it under your tongue, you do it there are various places. Always, I always say get a digital pH meter. There's mm -hmm. some on Amazon you get that are like pretty the sixty to eighty dollar ones are the ones you want. The ones that are like thirty dollars, they they don't work very well. So okay. you get one of those. You can easily test. It's wet and dry. You can test whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but the number one thing that makes my body alkaline and just perfectly balanced and awesome and feeling great is green, dark green leaves, salad, like, mm -hmm. like kale and broccoli, Brussels sprouts, all that stuff. My God, it, like nothing else, yeah. like nothing else. And it blew me away. I mean, I always love salad, but now I'm like, that is why people, it's, it's literally because you're getting something Juicing. that's living, it's yeah. alive, and it has hydrogen ions. Yeah. It takes energy from the sun and photosynthesis to get the hydrogen ions together and hold on to them. It mm -hmm. has to be alive to hold on to them, otherwise it, it spills into the environment. You cook something, yeah. I think it's spilling into the environment, and that's what directly balances your pH, keeps you at a, at a place where your body doesn't have to work hard to balance that, that pH. Like if you're eating lots of grains and meats and animal products and cheese, that stuff all has to be balanced by breathing enough. Mm -hmm. and, and in the time that between when it's unbalanced and balanced, your body is literally undergoing acidity. So that's how you age, I think. That's my take on it. Hey, Hacker. Sorry to interrupt this great podcast. It's David Smook, founder and CEO of Hacker Noon. And we're raising money for the first time. And we're doing it from the people. If you want to buy shares in Hacker Noon, visit HackerNoonShares.com. Help us make the best place for tech professionals to publish. Definitely probably a factor. So... This is the Hacker Noon Podcast. Obviously, we've talked about ego hacking. Yeah. We've now talked about biohacking, mm -hmm. but you're also a hacker. So what's another example yep. of some time that you've hacked something in your life? Sure. Like a really, a really simple one. Mm -hmm. that, uh, it's a pretty fun one. Is, um, yeah, I, was, I used to be a computer programmer for 15 years and a lot of web stuff and database and scaling and stuff like that. But early on in the days, it was before Couchsurfing existed, but I was kind of curious, is this a good idea? Would other people like this idea? Mm -hmm. I um, stumbled across the University of Iceland student directory and I had to uh, get out. I wanted to, I was like, I, I could email some people and ask if I could stay on their couch, but I needed a name to type in. So the only Icelandic name I knew was Bjork. So I typed <laughs> in Bjork and I was able to get out a bunch of Bjork Stevens daughters and stuff. I figured out the last name is the first name in, in these Scandinavian countries, in Iceland especially, the, the, the person's last name is their father's first name with okay. son or daughter at it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so then I was able to get all these Icelandic names and type in all these people's names and wrote a little script that put names in there and automatically took what I got out in the previous. And I got 1,500 names and email addresses, put those into a little uh, database, and then created a mail merge. Dear Bjorn, I'm Casey. I'm coming to Iceland. Here's all about me. Here's my links to my website and my personal philosophy pictures. Basically a couch trimming profile, right? Yeah. In an email. Uh, talk about an MVP. Super simple, right? Mm -hmm. um, and thanks, Bjorn Casey. 
And then I had the opposite problem of not knowing where to stay, you know, super expensive going to Iceland back in the day. It's like $100 for a hostel for a night. And then I had the opposite problem where I had between 50 and 100 people say, yes, come stay on my couch and go to my grandfather's house in the countryside. We'll drink vodka under the stars and like look at this kind of adventure. So now what do I do? Yeah. Now I had too many options. So that's where hacking can lead. <laughs> Careful. Too many options. Too yeah. many options. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we've covered a lot of ground here. Do you have any final thoughts on you know, biohacking, ego hacking, you know, just kind of wrap things up for the audience. Sure. Like if you had to tie it all together, I think it's, it's important if you're, if you're the kind of person who you might see in your identity, oh, no, no, I, I, it's not me. I don't do that. I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. think about your identity, your ego. How are you programmed like that? Maybe you didn't get a good, some good feedback on that. Maybe you, um, in the past, you know, I'll say in the past, uh, maybe you didn't get a good, get, get a good um, a feeling about that. But if you can get someone in your life who loves you to help you hack yourself, to get that, uh, that I care about my health, I love my health, my, I'm, I want to have the idea to live in a healthy way for a long time. Uh, get somebody to help you get that kernel, that little seed, that little nugget of identity, mm. of ego that is about health, that is about ego, ha uh, sorry, health hacking. And that will grow. You'll start to see little things in your environment all over the place that will start to corroborate and bolster this feeling of this identity of I care about my health, I love myself, and all that good stuff. So you can combine them. Awesome. Yeah. And where can people find you? Sure. Um, you could go to caseyfenton.com if you just want to connect with me directly. Um, you could also uh, go to um, you know the Couchsurfing story if you want to uh, get a copy of the book when it comes out. Um, you can also uh, go to upstock.io. Upstock.io is where I am working on a, a pretty big project. It's worker equity as a service. So mm -hmm. I mean, so many people out there were suffering because we can't we can't work on projects with people and give them ownership in a way that's like powerful and people believe in. They have mm -hmm. to suffer through, suffer through these stock options, all yeah. this crap. Sweat equity. Yes. So this sweat <laughs> this this is a sweat equity system that is what the Fortune One Thousands are using. Yeah. But instead of paying a million dollars for them, you can just get a software as a service for a lot less. Yeah. So cool. Invite people over there to chat with me if you're interested in equity. Uh, and equity systems. I love talking about that stuff too. Like, how do we get? We might have to have another episode and have you yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be about organizational schedules yeah, been yeah, kind yeah. of crazy. It yeah. took a little while to get this figured out, but maybe we can get you on the show again. Sure. Uh, you know, later Thanks, on. Trent. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the definitely. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, thank you again for coming on and sharing all this knowledge with yeah. everyone. Yeah, and thank you for making the show so great and inspiring so many people across the world with your interesting and very topics. Uh, I think <laughs> a lot of people uh, brings a smile to their face, and I mean, it mean it has a meaning. I think the number of lives you've affected, um, I can't you know can't count that many, can't count that high. But uh, it's thank yeah, you for the yeah, ego. Yeah, huh? yeah sure. <laughs> it's just saying it as it is. I mean, it's, and I'm saying things that are true. Yeah. So just I mean, again, I can say an infinite number of negative, or positive things about anybody. Let's make people make sure people know what we appreciate about them. Agreed. So that they can have that ego banking, so that they can give it give it their all. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share this knowledge with everyone, and uh, hopefully we can get it to a lot of people. All right. Awesome. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. This concludes another episode of the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on social media. You can also find us at hackernoon.com and podcast.hackernoon.com for more episodes. Thank you for listening.